Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of. One that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. Hi, I'm Molly Jongfast, and this is Fast Politics, where we discuss the top political headlines with some of today's best minds. And Georgia voters have broken early voting records in the Senate runoff. We have one hell of a show for you today. Emily Atkin, who writes the climate change newsletter Heated, talks to us about the latest news in climate. Then we'll talk to Dennis Barron, author of You Can't Always Say What You Want, about the free speech absolutists like one Elon Musk. But first, we have the host of The Enemies List, The Lincoln Project's Rick Wilson. Welcome back to uh, Fast Politics. Fan favorite, Rick Wilson. Good afternoon, Molly. Good afternoon, Jesse. How are you guys this, <laughs> on this fine Sunday? Well, we're going to talk about the only three topics there are in American life. Elon, Trump, Kanye, go. Elon, Trump, Kanye. Three men tied together by fate, drawn into a matrix, drawn into a matrix of narcissism, money, ego, violence, and anti-Semitic craziness. That's right. This spring, it's personal. What I think is interesting about the three of them is so this weekend we learned that Twitter removed tweets of Hunter Biden's penis. Well, I've been told if you don't post dick pics from Hunter Biden's alleged laptop for the arousal 
of the MAGA horde that you're <laughs> that you're violating the Constitution and the election should be rebooted because obviously because <laughs> you violated the First Amendment. By the way, that's punishable by death. In case you're wondering, a violation of the First Amendment. It's treason. It's uh, hello. Treason. It's yes. treason. I've been told. As Bot Seven Six Forty Two told me. Well, I've been told by. A bot who appears to either be a Japanese anime character or a Russian supermodel. (laughs) Yes. And in her or its or his profile, it definitely says that they are 1A, 2A, MAGA, Constitution, Patriot, back the blue. Jesus is my (laughs) Lord and Savior. Uh, Yes. That anyone who believes that the election did not swing on the single issue of whether Hunter Biden's dick pics would appear on Twitter (laughs) is a libtard, cuck, shill, Soros, World Economic Forum, grifter, pedophile. Because, you know, obviously – there were so many millions of Americans who were looking and saying, well, you know, I guess we have a half a million dead people from COVID and a maniac for president who's been lavishly corrupt, personally cruel, is surrounded by QAnon conspiracy theories and insane people. But the real question is whether Hunter Biden's dick pics appear on Twitter. Amazing. I don't know. Listen, I have not sorted out which individuals are actually around Elon at all times now, but we know it's Jason and we know it's David Sachs and we know it's a few of these others, but there has got to be somebody, Molly, who is in the middle of this matrix, who has become like the gateway pundit whisperer. Right. There must be. No, no. There's got to be. Douchebag in this mix somewhere. And maybe it's Andy. No, Andy. Antifa isn't real. Repeat. Antifa (laughs) is not real. Milkshake, no. Right. Or maybe it's Pizza Jack. It could but be Pizza Jack. Or but certainly, or Mikey C. Mike Cernovich. Could be Mikey C. And I, I also smell a certain funk of Greenwald about him. <laughs> 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 what I call the funk of Greenwald, it's a kind of, it's a kind of dusky jungle scent from the Brazilian rainforest with poison. Oops. <laughs> mm. The thing I think is so interesting about this crew is they really think that the Hunter Biden laptop thing, which has, by the way, no has not delivered for Republicans in 2020, nor in 2022. So let's give it another shot in 2024, that this will be the thing, this thing that no one gives a fuck about is going to finally be the thing that brings down the Biden administration. I just want to read to you from the brilliant Tim Miller piece in The Bulwark. Oh, it was fantastic. I just want to read the title first. Uh, No, you do not have a constitutional right to post Hunter Biden's dick pics on Twitter. (laughs) But my favorite was this comment from, here we go, right-wing commentator Buck Sexton, again, real name, said this was a bright red line, (laughs) bright red line violation, whatever that means, and Biden should be impeached for it. I want to point out that all of these links that were taken down were taken down while Biden was a candidate and Donald Trump was president. So technically, as I as I posted to Buck Sexton before he deleted that tweet, <laughs> I wrote calendars. How do they work? Because <laughs> I really wanted to know. I mean, is there some sort of Biden time machine we don't know about? Is there some sort of portal that he had with a wormhole to lead to the past or something? The thing that offends me the most about it that I will never get tired of is I actually am a constitutional conservative who believes the constitution is the operating system of the United States as flawed as it is. But these fuckers, they don't believe in anything. It's like my constitution, my constitutional rights are being violated by a company. Oh, wait a second. Hold on. What? 
Could you read that for me? Could you read that for me from the actual Constitution? Well, no. Is that in the Old or the New Testament? I don't. I don't see it. You know, these fucking people—they believe whatever convenience of the moment, whatever instantaneous thing arouses their ire or their or their dander, as my grandmother would say, for for the thirty seconds of attention they can give it. That's the thing that's treason and it's unconstitutional. And why are you not in Getmo? The storm is coming. TM. (laughs) Every fucking time you see these people like, how dare you treat the July, the the July, January 6th protesters so cruelly by putting people who committed (laughs) crimes in prison while they're awaiting trial. It's so awful. And then it's like, well, I think that you, you, you hang out with them Hollywood liberals. Therefore you're a pedophile. You should be burned alive right now in a cage. You know, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, you got to have it one way or the other, right? I understand your system of jurisprudence is random and arbitrary, but does that really sound like the country you want to live in? Okay, no. Um, I just want to say that the thing that I'm baffled by is, okay, so there's a large percentage of people slash bots slash people-ish, right? Something between people and bots that believe, right, that you should get the death penalty. Right. The death penalty for violating the First Amendment by not letting Hunter Biden's dick pic be posted on Twitter. But here's my question for you. Elon Musk is not a human bot. He, or not yet anyway, he is actually like a real fully grown billionaire who's made zillions of dollars and is the CEO of two companies. What the fuck? Like, I get like what happened to Matt Taibbi. I get what happened to Glenn Greenwald. Whoa, hold the fuck up. (laughs) Hold the fuck up. Yes. I don't get what happened to Matt Taibbi and Glenn Greenwald. (laughs) Even if I got it, I wouldn't excuse it. Okay, Taibbi, apparently he's angling to be like, Head of comms for Alt Right Inc., whatever the fuck that whole business was, which was very selective, as we noted. Right. Uh, a lot more attention to the please remove the dick pics of Hunter Biden from the Biden campaign versus the incumbent president's campaign complaining about, you know, why are you removing these people talking about ivermectin or whatever the fuck it right. was? But <laughs> but but let me loop back on this for one second. The idea that this clack of people now surrounds Elon Musk, the wealthiest man in the world for now, that they have basically given him the alt-right mind virus, that they are trying to use their their like broship with him to convert Twitter into a, a a weaponized element of the right-wing media machine and to kill it off for everybody else, it's becoming incredibly obvious how committed they are to this and that how much of a sucker he is. I want to play cards with this fucking guy because, okay, dude, you're great at selling your rockets or your or your cars or whatever, and maybe you're pretty smart about some things, but they are playing him. I've come to believe that this guy is one of these people who's incredibly narrowly talented Somebody one time told me, like, the most weirdly talented people in the world are like opera singers. Right. They have a specific skill that is almost unique in the world. There are a dozen great opera singers at any given time, and most of them can't wipe their own ass. Most of them cannot, like, call a fucking cab. And the weird thing about Elon that I'm increasingly coming to believe is that there's a group of people around him who's decided to – and somehow they they got the vector into him, and now he believes – like, he used to believe that humanity needed to become a spacefaring civilization. We need to build a complicated engineering structure of rockets that can do heavy lift to orbit so we can escape the Earth in case there's a giant tragedy. And, okay, 
He was getting pretty good at that. But now they've convinced him that the world is run by shape-shifting lizard alien pedophiles and right. only Twitter posting Hunter Biden's dick pics can, can save us because free speech. And, and I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, the, the, the idea that the apotheosis of free speech is putting fucking Andrew Anglin and Richard Spencer back on the platform. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know. I'm sorry. Maybe there will be consequences to that because every advertiser I can think of right now, they've been carefully Indeed. monitoring the Twitter situation. And they're like, right. man, I hope the Daily Stormer comes back on the platform because that's going <laughs> to really, really convince us to put our brand dollars behind the same place we can get Richard Spencer and Andrew Anglin content. My God, can we just rename it Dick Chan? That'd be fantastic. <laughs> I can't wait to not spend my brand's advertising dollars on that platform. Right. I mean, think about all the money that goes into 4chan and 8chan for advertising. People love Nazi content the best. Here's the thing. Not even the fucking MyPillow guy advertises on the chance. Right. right, right, right. A good point. And if you've lost, if you've lost Mike Lindell. <laughs> right, right, right. I do feel like there's a world in which Mike Lindell and, you know, Elon and end up as comrades in arms, right? You know, I think the I think the charming buddy picture that's gonna emerge from this. Planes, trains, and automobiles with the two of them. Mike and Elon's big adventure. It would be more <laughs> it would be more like it would be more like platforms, rockets, and brain chips. I mean <laughs> it's a wacky misadventure. Elon so Did you wrong. implant Mike Lindell with your with the wrong brain so chip? Well, yes, he's now on a cross country so spree, so fueled wrong. by rage. So and conspiracy theories. It's Lindell. You think Elon stays on the course here, or you think something crazy happens? Uh, Matt Tahibi, 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 Tahibi continues to release. More Hunter Biden dick pics? I mean, where does this go? Well, look, uh, I think this is a guy who is so far in it now. You know, it's the old Hunter S. Thompson thing. Once you're into a serious drug drug habit, it's hard to you know, you, you, it's hard to know when to stop or whatever the phrase is. I think he's so dug in on this now, and I think these people surrounding him have found just like Steve Bannon has some sort of weird like scab covered charm for exotic foreign billionaires. <laughs> These guys have figured out some way to play Elon's vanities or whatever. I mean, for fuck's sake, bro, you're in your fifties. Stop being like the Peppy the Frog meme reply guy <laughs> and, and start acting like a serious fucking person. He's not right now in a position, I think, where he can stop. Right. It does seem like he's not able to stop whatever it is he's doing. Yeah. Right. The, there's either a mental framework he's in where he can't stop or these people have suckered him so thoroughly where he keeps thinking, okay, well, I'll just pull the lever another time and hope that this time the food pellet comes out instead of the electroshock around my dick because <laughs> they've obviously conditioned him in some way to believe that you know if you just do enough shit with the alt-right, you'll somehow find a mysterious audience of people who are out there waiting to just surge into the platform with A, billions of dollars, and B, an audience profile that becomes valuable to people who would advertise for billions of dollars. Right now, it's increasingly like, well, you know, is 4chan not racy enough for you? Well, come on over to the bird. <laughs> right, we have to stop talking about Elon Musk because who cares? We have to talk about the Constitution being paused. 
<laughs> or taking it suspended. I'm sorry. Every fucking Republican in the country. And 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 by the way, let me give you a, reporters because I'm not a reporter. I'm not a journalist. I'm just an asshole who makes TV ads for a living and writes a couple books here and there. <laughs> well, wait, let me just help yes. you guys out here. Let me give you the, the 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 30 second fucking brief on how to do this. You go up to Congressman so and so or Senator so and so or Governor Ron DeSantis, and you say, "Do you agree with Donald J. Trump, former President of the United States, that the Constitution should be suspended?" And blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and they'll say, well, I haven't seen the tweets. I'm not on Truth Social. I don't know, but that seems like I don't know the whole context of that. And what you do then is you pull your arm back across your chest. You take your right arm and pull it across your chest so your, your right hand rests on your left shoulder. You flatten your hand out and you slap the shit out of them across the face with the back of the hand, Archie, because that's what that's what it hurts the most. And you say, do you agree with Donald Trump that Constitution should be suspended because of the, the because no one got to see Hunter Biden's dick pics and, and reporters won't do it. They won't fucking do it. And then they'll ask themselves someday, like, I don't understand why we're being put on this fucking rail car. Why? I just I, I, both sides had a point to make. No, there are not both sides of a fucking lie. There are not both sides of a fucking outrage. This is a moment where the leader of the Republican Party, Donald J. Trump, who is the leader of the 2024 election field, who is the leader of the conservative, for whatever that word means now, movement in this country. Right, right. They will not, in the end, say the magic words. And here are the magic words. And I'll repeat these for Republicans, if you're listening. I will not vote for Donald Trump in the primary or general election. I will not vote for Donald Trump in the primary or general election. (laughs) I, Senator John Bumblefuck, will not vote for Donald Trump in the primary or general election. If they did that, they would somehow crack open the tiniest little window of possibility that history will not view all of them as complete fucking dipshits. Really? I think it's too late. Hasn't that ship sailed? As I said, it's the tiniest possibility. If they go out after they do that and like cure various childhood cancers or do work amongst the poor and deserving for three decades. But most of them are doing what they always do. And this is a gigantic, colossal, ongoing failure of our national media that they've built a sort of behavioral pattern where they say like, well, I'm not on Truth Social. I didn't see that. Or, or or if he did that, that would be these like triply nested conditional phrases. If he did that and that was the full context of it, then I couldn't imagine what the situation would be where I could see anywhere but issuing a sternly worded and deeply knitted brow criticism of him. I mean, <laughs> come on, people. But but it's a failure of America's media that they let them get away with it time and time and time and time and time again. They don't ask them the critical question because, you know what, for all Mitch McConnell went there the other day, I'll do the Mitch here. I'm going to do the Mitch for you. Ready? <laughs> yes. Donnie was going to enter a somewhat like Kanye West. It's outrageous. And, but when he's the nominee of my party, I'm going to have to overlook that. Yeah. That's because yeah. that's that's the, that's the underpinning of all this bullshit. They will still not say that there's a line that Trump can cross that they won't bend and break for. They they cannot say it. They will not say it. They refuse to say it over and over and over and over again. And it's the easiest goddamn thing in the world. 
I sleep better at night knowing my family is protected if something ever happens to me since I was able to compare plans very easily at policygenius.com. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quote and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com with the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to reu hotels and resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Emily Atkin is the author of the newsletter Heated. Welcome to Fast Politics, Emily. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Should we talk first about Elon Musk? I feel like that's what we have to talk about. We have to? Okay, sure. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you write a newsletter called Heated, which focuses on climate um, and is incredibly brilliant and amazing. And you have a piece in it called The Climate Case Against Elon Musk. What is the climate case against Elon Musk? Apparently, it's just a piece to rile up all the Elon Musk fanboys against <laughs> me to personally bring myself pain and suffering. Yes, how dare you criticize? <laughs> I, too, have been told that I am too stupid to understand the genius and I'm used to this because a big part of what I consider my job as a climate reporter is to try and talk about the role that billionaires play in fueling the climate crisis. And a lot of billionaires also happen to be philanthropic in the climate change space. Bill Gates, Michael Bloomberg, 
Jeff Bezos, but Elon Musk, he's a whole in a whole different category because of Tesla. And because Tesla was really the first electric car company in the United States to really take off, really like in the world to, to take off and prove that there was a viable market for electric cars. There is an argument that many people make that he can do no wrong for the climate and that he is the most important human being for the climate, that he's done the most individually (laughs) to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And I felt that my job as a climate reporter was to say, like, hold up. I don't know that that's true. Uh, I I mean, of course, you're wrong because Elon Musk is the greatest genius ever. Well, and that's what I've learned. Yeah, that's what I've learned. (laughs) Just in case those Internet people aren't right, Explain to us what you found. I do want to preface this by saying that I don't discount the positive climate impact of having a successful electric vehicle company like Tesla, right? Like that is hugely important to be developing these vehicles, right? But that's only one part of a large climate puzzle that we're dealing with. And the way that we assess countries, the way that we assess corporations is not in the one good thing they did, the one great thing they did even. I'm willing to entertain that idea, right? It is cumulatively. I try to make this point in my piece that if the United States shuts down 25 coal plants, that's amazing. But if we also add 20 million cars to the road, that's nothing. You've done nothing, right? So you can look at the impact of Tesla and perhaps objectively come out to the conclusion that this is an incredible company for the climate. But Elon Musk is a human. How do we assess Elon Musk as a human? I think it's really tough to objectively make an assessment of one person because emissions are so complicated and they happen. There's emissions now and then there's emissions in the future. Are you mad at him about his jet? Uh, Well... (laughs) Does Elon Musk have a jet? Elon Musk lives on his jet. Oh, okay. And he takes it very short distances all the time. To be fair, I wasn't even considering his jet because among billionaires, he actually has one of like the lower climate footprints, which is still a a much more massive footprint than, say, you or I have or any like normal person has. But it's like less than like Bill Gates' climate footprint. But anyway, so Tesla is a whole short it's good for the climate. But Elon Musk as a whole, I'm not sure that that's the case. Let's just take for one, his public advocacy of putting Republicans in power. It doesn't make any sense that you could be the biggest climate hero of all time and advocate putting literal climate deniers whose only energy policy is more fossil fuels and whose policy is to revoke the energy credits, the renewable energy credits that made Tesla successful in the first place, uh, it, it doesn't make any sense, number one. And number two, if what Elon Musk is advocating for happens, if Republicans do take power, then all of the climate gains are going to be reversed, right? And Elon Musk is hugely influential in American politics. He has a massive fan base. He has a lot of money. He can literally change the stock market with one tweet. His public advocacy of Ron DeSantis, of a Republican 
House and Senate, that matters and it's going to continue to matter. His whole siding with the political right, which is the party of climate denial and the party of fossil fuels, has the potential to completely wipe out his record with Tesla, any positive emissions gains. And that's just one aspect of it. There are so many more aspects to Elon Musk's legacy that have the potential to be hugely problematic. Well, let's talk about Bitcoin, because that seems like an important thing. Explain to our listeners why the problem with Bitcoin, besides the fact that their valuation, that they have no value right now. Yes. Right. Bitcoins, besides being worthless, are <laughs> are massively consequential to the environment because of the because of the greenhouse gas emissions it takes, the energy it takes to run the servers that do the mathematical equations that mine a Bitcoin. So as more and more Bitcoins are mined, it takes more and more computers, more and more servers to run these equations to be able to get a Bitcoin. And so you have warehouses full of these servers that are constantly on, constantly running these equations to mine Bitcoin that are powered by coal powered electricity sources because people will buy these warehouses in countries where it's cheap to do it and all of their power is coal-fired power. The energy cost of Bitcoin is is enormous. It is comparable to countries and it is continuing to rise. And one of the very passing points that I made in the piece was that Tesla, under Elon Musk's decision-making, bought $1.5 billion in Bitcoins without even thinking about the environmental consequences. It wasn't even until later when people were like, what are you doing? This is completely antithetical to your mission with Tesla that he said, okay, well, we're not going to accept Bitcoins for payments anymore. But we all know that Elon Musk is still a Bitcoin bro, right? This is, he's in no way advocating against Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a much bigger climate threat than people realize. Right, right, right. Because of the energy it uses. Right. I mean, I guess Bitcoin wouldn't be a huge problem if, say, all of it were mined using renewable energy sources. But number one, that's not the case. And number two, we have a finite amount of space in the world to put renewable energy resources. And it's we're having enough problems as it is right now to you know power our society with renewable energy. It's like taking renewable energy and using it to power more fossil fuel operations. It's like, why? Can we use it for the stuff we need to use it for? This is a literal climate crisis that we're in right now. We actually have to be really thoughtful about all of our energy use. And Elon Musk is not thoughtful about this kind of stuff. What he's really thoughtful about is crafting his own image to be portrayed as somebody who is doing only good things for the planet, that his act of somehow enriching himself to be the literal richest person on earth is somehow a completely philanthropic endeavor. I have a really hard time believing that's true. Yeah. So talk to me about what else you're seeing in the climate world. This is such a complicated and depressing beat. <laughs> what else are you seeing? Well, I think probably the most important thing right now that I think is happening is a hijacking of the overall climate conversation by the right and by fossil fuel interests to say that natural gas is clean energy, to say that carbon capture is 
a great solution that is going to save us all and that we don't need to transition to 100% renewable energy, that we need this clean, quote unquote, clean natural gas bridge fuel, which is completely scientific baloney. But it's very attractive and very pervasive because it seems really moderate. And I think people are in real need of some kind of sense of moderation, some kind of sense of calm and the idea like, okay, we're tackling climate change, but we're doing it in this really moderate and reserved way where we can still have fossil fuels and still and go really slow and just, and everything is going to be fine. And I get the need for that. Unfortunately, natural gas isn't a clean fuel. It's a fossil fuel that leaks a ton of methane. Scientists overwhelmingly say that there can't be any new fossil fuel development by 2050. And that's in order for us to meet the threshold of warming that will keep it to safe levels. And natural gas is a fossil fuel. And so there's an overwhelming effort to try and after years of denial, right? After years of saying this isn't a problem. Well, okay, it is a problem, but we've got it under control and we're going to use natural gas and we're going to create new technologies that capture carbon out of the sky and bury it underground and everything is going to be okay. That sounds great, but it's not true. And it's just go. And I think it's the one of the most pervasive forms of disinformation happening right now that the reason that I bring it up is because I think it's something that all political reporters and people interested in politics need to be armed with that kind of knowledge that that is disinformation. And it is to try to make you feel better, right? When it actually makes the situation much, much worse. I mean, are you seeing, it seems like one of the pieces you've written is about this sort of, that there are a lot of these climate newsletters that are sponsored by Exxon or Chevron and that that is a real conflict. Will you talk about that a little bit? Right. I mean, having a climate change news outlet of any kind sponsored by Chevron or Exxon is like having a newsletter on gun violence and crime and mass shootings sponsored by the gun industry. It doesn't make any sense. And it's also insulting to the victims of the crisis that you're covering. Again, I think this is something that news editors will do because they believe it makes them seem objective. But it's it's not biased to say that fossil fuels cause the climate crisis. It is objective to say that they do. And we probably shouldn't be advertising for fossil fuels in our climate change newsletter. And that's besides the fact that these ads from fossil fuel companies tend to contain misinformation about climate change. They say things like, we're working towards climate solutions and everything is cool. And that is a well-documented PR attempt to convince you that everything is fine when it's not. We call it in this space delayism, right? There's denialism and then there's delayism. And that's what I think is like the biggest story moving forward is this coordinated effort to delay solutions to climate change, to placate people into not wanting to call for the solutions that scientists say are necessary, right? They want you to call for the solutions that fossil fuel companies say are necessary. And that is always going to be the solution that makes the most money for fossil fuel companies. 
Thank you so much, Emily. This was great. Please come back. Thank you for having me. I always really appreciate it. Dennis Barron is the author of You Can't Always Say What You Want and a professor of English at University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. Welcome to Fast Politics, Dennis. Hi, I'm glad to be here, Molly. So I want to talk to you about your book, Free speech is like the hot topic right now. It is. Explain to me your thesis on this book. Okay, basically what I try to do in a lot of my work is to take something that's a current issue or problem and look at the history behind it. Because usually it doesn't come out of nowhere. There's usually some something we could learn from the past that'll help us maybe understand the present a little better. At least that's my that's my hope. And so what I'm looking at are the various attempts in our past in the US with some examples from other countries as well of the legal attempts to regulate, control, limit, and in some cases support freedom of speech, freedom of expression, how the legal system has interpreted the First Amendment in the past, and how that applies to the present, what kinds of issues there are in the present. It's it's obviously become very explosive in the last few months, the last couple of years, with all sorts of ideas about what free speech is or isn't, and my speech is free and your speech needs to be shut down kind of stuff going on. Uh, is this new? Not really. Not really. Uh, Free speech has always been used as a way to kind of steer people in approved directions and keep them quiet if they stray from from those kinds of more kosher ways of communicating. You may have heard of this man, Elon Musk. I have heard of Mr. Musk. Yeah. He considers himself to be the first person to ever have fought for free speech. He is a free speech absolutist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Help me out here. Explain to me, do you think that that is a reasonable supposition? Do you think that there is a place for free speech absolutist? Do you, I mean, where do you fall in this world? I'm taking a linguistic approach, uh, regardless of what I think about Mr. Musk, if we have to take the New York Times way of referring to people with these honorifics. You scratch a free speech absolutist, you find somebody who wants to protect their own speech and limit yours. Uh, That is a pretty incredible line. Can you say more on that? Sure. People have been in in the last few years and certainly last few months people on the on the extreme right and maybe even the not so extreme right in the u.s probably in other places as well have been wrapping themselves in the notion of free speech whether it's the first amendment or just a sort of general feel-good free speech thing you can say what you want you can't stop me from talking in order and they're, they're wrapping themselves in the first amendment free speech protection in order to silence everybody who disagrees with them and that is like 
totally bizarre, but maybe not so surprising because speech is a give and take between people who don't necessarily agree with one another. And so they uh, weaponizing free speech should not be particularly surprising. Uh, in the past, uh, well, okay, let's get back to the present for a second. What we're seeing is a combination of individual free speech in terms of organizations like Twitter or Facebook or, or social media in general or the media in general having limits of what can be said on their platforms and whether those limits should be, how they should be defined, how they should be enforced. And on the other hand, you have the sort of legal limits on speech. What what speech is actually lawful, what speech is not protected by the First Amendment? So in terms of our legal history, currently hate speech is protected by the First Amendment. Uh, what is not protected are things like obscene speech or threats or incitement to riot or defamation. Uh, all of those are considered to be outside the protections, the governmental protections of speech, but only in terms of what the government can and cannot do, what private groups like companies, social groups, schools, clubs, families, in terms of encouraging and limiting the speech of people who speak in those groups, that's a whole separate issue. And these social groups all set sometimes very precise limits on what you can and cannot say. If you swear and you're a child, you might have to put a nickel in the swear jar. Okay, there's an example of how families try to control speech. It seems not to have worked because uh, there are still people who swear. That's maybe not the best way of a social group trying to place it. The thing I've noticed is like I come from this family where I have these, uh, you know, my mother was Eric Jong, is Eric Jong. My grandfather was Howard Fast. Both were censored, right? My grandfather was blacklisted. My mother's work wasn't published right. in places like, you know, that she had, you know, there were different countries that even parts of Italy, southern Italy, they censored her work. But largely, I have had almost no censorship in my life. I mean, certainly there are times when you can't get something published or whatever, but that's not censorship. So is Elon Musk actually being censored? Is he being censored? No. These free speech absolutists are not actually being censored. No, no, they're not being censored. He likes speech so much he bought the company. That's maybe not the best slogan to use, right. but what he's doing with the company is not clear to anybody. It's kind of chaotic at the moment, but what seems to be going on is letting people who have previously violated the Twitter terms of service back onto the platform and kicking other people off the platform who maybe are not violating the terms of service, but have simply said, oh, I don't like what Elon Musk is doing, or who, for a variety of reasons, I mean, there were charges the other day that he's kicking off pro-Jewish accounts and supporting anti-Semitic accounts. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, to what extent is accurate, but that's the kind of thing that you're reading in the Washington Post and the New York Times. So, uh, the idea is he seems to be stacking 
Twitter in terms of support of right-wing speech and speech of people that he probably agrees with and away from kinds of speech that he disagrees with. So how that's absolute is, is not. He's putting a thumb on the scale of speech. That's not free speech. That's not the marketplace of ideas. Uh, of course, the marketplace of ideas was all, always rigged because those who are in power control the market. I just want to uh, sort of dive into this a little more. Are you seeing any places where people are not able to have free speech? I mean, I feel like this is a it's a solution without a problem. Okay, yeah. And if you're talking about the U.S., not really. There's this cancel culture screaming on on the part of the right is all uh, a kind of moral panic that it's it's pretty fictionalized. Nobody has the constitutional right to give a speech at a college. Uh, Nobody has the constitutional right to publish an opinion essay in the Times or the Post. No one has a constitutional right to have a Twitter or a Facebook account. These are things that get negotiated in, in the marketplace of ideas, if you will. Twitter can decide who to suspend and who to let on the platform. Facebook can, Instagram can. The New York Times decides who it publishes. Traditional publishers decide whose book gets published, whose book never sees print. There's nothing unusual about that. What's nice about the internet is that pretty much anybody who wants a voice can have a voice on it. You can you can find people to read your words even if you don't have a Twitter account. Just put something online and somebody somewhere is going to say, oh, I like your picture of a cat or, or I agree that minorities are trying to replace all of us, but doesn't mean you're right. Right. Do you think that cancel culture really exists? And if so, why does it not? And why do <laughs> editorial writers keep writing about it? They want eyeballs on their site. They want clicks. It's like, the, again, another stupid solution for a non-problem. I mean, certainly there are people who innocent people get charged with crimes and things like that. But I don't think that cancel culture is the greatest danger facing your everyday American. It is absolutely not a danger at all. If somebody has a controversial opinion and they are saying it in public, they are opening themselves up to critics who disagree with them. That's the give and take of speech. The First Amendment, free speech, never immunizes you against the impact of what you say. The law is pretty broad allowing First Amendment rights. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about the idea of like, is there a place for a sort of like, you know, an illegality for crying fire in a in a crowded theater? Is there a place for that? Is there a sort of way around the First Amendment there? I mean, it doesn't seem like there is, but there certainly is some anxiety about that. Okay, so the issue with crying fire It's falsely crying fire in a crowded theater. If you cried fire and there is a fire, of course, then your speech is okay. People will still get trampled on their way out. It still doesn't mean that the exit doors haven't been barred shut and things like that. But in the past, of course, there were a number of very well-known examples of audience panics in theaters and people getting crushed. And and it turns out that there was no 
actual fire. And, and so it's a, it's a legal hypothetical that was established by the Supreme Court in its decision in the United States v. Schenck in 1918-1919, that there are certain kinds of speech that no one would argue that the First Amendment protects that sort of thing. Other kinds of speech that are not protected. I mentioned before, obscenity, threats, incitement, fighting words, anything that brings imminent lawless action uh, in terms of the most recent characterization by the Supreme Court, which is why, you know, the, the whole issue of, you know, to what extent is Trump responsible for inciting January 6th rioting, is that protected political speech or is that incitement to riot, which is not protected at all? And of course, I'm leaning toward thinking of that as incitement. So let's just get back to this idea. So where does this go, this sort of free speech war and all of this anxiety? That's harder to predict. I mean, I don't want to engage in futurology because it's a fool's game. But right now, there are lots of attempts uh, by conservative legislatures, by conservative politicians in other countries to limit speech under the guise of protecting speech. And then that seems to me just basically wrong. And if that's what we have to look forward to in the near term, that's what we have to resist. That's what we have to fight against. Because the, the voices of those who have been traditionally less powerful, who have traditionally had less of a platform, those are the voices that need protection, that need inclusion, that the founders who drafted something like the First Amendment would want to protect against the kind of tyranny of the majority as they framed it. These rules are there to protect the little people, to protect those who whose voices have historically been limited. So interesting. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Molly. And now your moment of fuckery. Rick Wilson. Yes. <laughs> you are a special guest star for the moment of fuckery. You'll remember it from another podcast that shall not be named that neither of us work on anymore, no. where we used to call it Podcast of the Damned. <laughs> I'm going to start a new podcast called Podcast of the Damned. I mean, that's, that's really good. Really title. <laughs> Invite me on, man. I will. Instead of we now have stolen that idea, and now we have our moment of fuckery, which is suspiciously like It's been a long weekend, Rick Wilson. Who gets your ire today? Oh, my infinite ire is, as, as always, reserved for Mr. Constitution Shredder. <laughs> it is this mysterious clack of people around Musk. And I think this right. is a, a reporting failure so far. And maybe it's out there more than I've found, but I haven't really found it. I mean, Kara Swisher has kind of touched on some of these people, who they are. But I think it is really important that the behavior of Musk at Twitter is not just Elon Musk sitting in a room with an anime waifu pillow, <laughs> you know, and caffeine-free Diet Coke and a sex toy. This is something going on broader than this. There are more people involved in this than, than <laughs> or as Steve Bannon says, a great Tuesday night. <laughs> but there are more people involved in shaping his behavior and what's going on than have been reported. And I think that is the biggest story underpinning all of this. This isn't coming out of nowhere. This isn't something random. They got 
around the sky and they sucked up to him and they made him feel like, you know, you can be the hero of the, of the right, Elon. You can be a free speech, libtard, art killing, cuck slaying bro. You know, hello, friend, as they say. Mm. And I think that is a story that is being missed. I think that that that's what I'm really pissed at is that this is not being this is being reported on the static and the spectacle and not on the signal and the substance. I agree heartily. I also so you want to hear who my is? I would love to. <laughs> it's just, we can't call it that. Oh, my moment of fuckery. Yeah, because. <laughs> Is, uh, is trademarked. Yeah. Right, exactly. And every time we say it, we have to pay the Beatles $400. <laughs> no, today my moment of fuckery is watching Marjorie Taylor Greene. You may remember her as being the... You mean the speaker speaker designate, Marjorie Taylor Greene? The Speaker of the House, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, marching a Christmas Day parade to confusion. And I mean, they certainly know who she is. There's a little video of her marching behind her SUV down a Christmas parade. I mean, I guess it's good that she's around her constituents, poor constituents. She's absolutely waving, wearing a little red coat. Uh, marching behind an SUV that says Marjorie Taylor Green and has a little reef on it. She looks very emphatic. The crowd looks very confused. None of them are waving back at her. Actually, I see one woman waving back at her. So for that, uh, the leader of the intellectual dark web, that is my moment of fuckery. You know, when the Shapiro Green Institute of the intellectual dark web <laughs> opens eventually. It will truly transform the American character. And frankly, universities will establish entire departments for green studies. It's going to be magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rick Wilson. Please come back. You are very welcome. That's it for this episode of Fast Politics. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to hear the best minds in politics make sense of all this chaos. If you enjoyed what you've heard, please send it to a friend and keep the conversation going. And again, thanks for listening. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. What's out there is unknown. 
So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there. Way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu.